Thank you for listening to us here at the Cast Iron Theatre podcast. Hello. We are gearing up towards Christmas. We are. And we've been sharing some short stories for you. And this one is the last story from Broken Pieces podcast series. So they're little nuggets of stories. And we've had a really lovely time sharing them with you. And we have been busy this month recording brand new episodes for our interview series, which will be in our next series of... Cast Iron Theatre podcast in January next year. Yeah. And are you all set for Christmas, Andrew? We've got a tree. Yeah. We've already got through two pots of chocolates. Not, 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 um, (laughs) I was going to say not fully two. And then I remembered that there's probably, are they all gone now the second? Yeah, I probably did eat all of them. But also, if you were like, um, sharing a flat or you're a parent and you went to find the box of chocolates Uh and there were three left would you accept the guilty party's (laughs) claim that no i haven't eaten a tin of chocolates i left you some left me some what's the one that you always leave behind the purple one why is that because it's got a nut in it unexpectedly it's, it's got like it's a nut been in the middle. Approximately seventy-five years. I don't think you can claim that it's unexpected. I don't like it. It's you too know. squishy. It's like the nut is too squishy. Well, yeah, it's like absorbed some of the caramel flavour and it's a sort of powdery middle bit. I don't like it. It's a bit caramel though. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, I, that's why I left it for you because I knew that you'd like that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna break for Christmas we after are. this one, and thank you. So, so, so much to all the people that have listened to the Cast Iron Theatre podcast in 2019 for our sporadic release dates, of which we're ending on another sporadic release date. And in 2020, we will be bringing you a brand new series. With clear new vision. Yeah. Oh, I got there. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The first dream. Valerie climbs the grassy hill. The mint green grass feels cool and damp under her feet. The smooth curve of the ground is dotted with the peach pink smudges of small flowers. They are randomly spread out, living out their lives in the soft miniature forest. Watching her toes as she treads, she is careful not to flatten them. Her breath comes in a deep, steady rhythm from the climb. The mild effort is pleasant, and the air feels sweet and fresh deep in her lungs. She reaches the round horizon of the hill. She leans against a tree. Looking up, she sees its tissue-white blossoms. The blossoms fall like powdered sugar floating through a sieve. Her eyes follow one blossom on its slow, winding path downward. As the blossom approaches, her eyes lose it, and the scene below her blends into focus. 
The wide oval lake is a gentle cyan with small white ripples. Close to shore, orange water birds cruise in and out of lilac reeds. Their babies bob and chase and splash behind them. Valerie drifts towards the water's edge. On the far shore, a curtain of green pastel jungle hovers in the warm air. Ancient trees and overgrown bushes. The hum of jungle life vibrates. Behind the forest, the red-orange of the sun is melting down into low mist. Valerie's toe dips into the lake. Water insects bounce away from her foot in jerking geometric patterns. The water is cool and the smooth hidden pebbles move and massage her feet as she walks out into the liquid. The soft waves whisper as she advances, her fingers tracing invisible lines in the water. The far shore sways with each step. Up to her waist in water, she looks down and sees two great koi fish are swimming alongside of her. She reaches out an arm and pats one gently on its side. The water is getting too deep to walk. There is a low, slow rumble. The ground beneath the lake shakes and the water ripples. The koi guides peel off to the right and left. Valerie feels the ground beneath her rising. Trying to keep her balance, she looks down at the bubbling water. She's being slowly raised upwards on some kind of structure. The vibrations cause her to stumble and she falls backward into a sitting position. The wet ground rises and water pours from the edge of this new platform. Pebbles slide and fall from its edges, revealing smooth white stone beneath. As she is raised upwards, she sees the massive forest shrink and shrink. Looking around, she sees that she is now sitting in the palm of a large white hand. The fingers of the hand are slightly cupped. Looking down, she can see beyond the trees. Behind the jungle there is a town, shrunk from the height of the hand. Smoke and streetlights glow amber against the greying skyline. Cars hum quietly around its darkening streets. There is faint shouting and the sound of distant alarms. The Second Dream Valerie walks quickly. The streets are dark and vacant, once familiar routes now emptied of their landmarks. The black paint darkness is broken by strips of light, light from distant yawning street lamps, from headlights waiting down in dead ends, from small windows miles above. The strips overlap, creating narrow barriers of sight, wide gullies of blindness, a labyrinth, pavement beneath her feet cracks and stretches like chapped skin. Rough brick snags her clothes. Hidden trash bags trip her steps. She is not alone. Her paper shadow is everywhere. 
It shrinks small as it flees out ahead of her. It towers above her like a puppeteer. It grows monstrous behind as it lumbers after her. It waits around corners to bump into her. Valerie clutches the rectangle parcel to her chest. The alleys lead to more alleys which lead to more alleys. As her pace quickens, the paths narrow and tighten. High walls reach up and up and seem to curve like blades of grass. The grey cinder black walls crumble and break like bad skin. Tattoo graffiti appears and spreads like mould across their punctured surfaces, cryptic symbols and foreign alphabets screaming out their mute warnings. Valerie squints against shafts of light. She pushes through thick jelly blocks of darkness. Her footfalls echo and echo, each echo answering the last. We follow you, we follow you, we follow you, we follow you. She squeezes around a tight corner and comes to a wide alley. There is a red liquid light in the black alley ahead. She breaks into a run. Her footsteps echo and distort as the alley tilts. She cradles the package tightly in her left hand. With her right fist, she pounds the door. She pounds the door. She pounds the door. The third dream. (laughs) Valerie sits on a comfy office chair. The high walls of her cubicle are covered in grey mottled fabric. The office is busy with the hum of phones and mumbled chatter. Natural bright light from an unseen window bathes the office, making the humming strip lights overhead redundant. The cubicle has a grey desk with a drawer, a computer screen, a yellow notepad and some colourful neon pens. Valerie pushes the on button on the screen. It remains dark. She pushes it again. Nothing. She leans under the desk, looking for the source of power. The sockets are at the back, out of reach. She slides off the chair and down onto her knees. She crawls in next to the cabinet of the computer, in amongst the snake pit of wires. She finds the tails of each plug are nestled safely in their wall sockets. She glides her fingers along the cables, tracing them back from the sockets to the computer cabinet. The collared heads of each cable sit snug and warm inside the body of the machine. LED lights blink, indicating all is well. She comes back up and sits again. The screen remains black. She reaches down and opens the small drawer of the desk. Her hand rustles inside. One by one, she removes the objects and places them on the desk in front of the computer screen. There are three items. A laser pointer on a keyring, the kind a teacher may confiscate. 
a small white replica of the Venus de Milo and a long rectangular box. She takes the lid off of the box. Inside, there is a long rolled up scroll, the kind with a wooden pole at the top and bottom, designed to be hung for decoration. She removes the scroll and slowly unrolls it. She holds it out in front of her, like a court attendant about to read a verdict in a play. The scroll shows a watercolour of koi fish, painted in an oriental style. The symbols in the bottom left corner of the scroll are alien and unintelligible. She stares at the scroll. The dreams end. This has been the Cast Iron Theatre Podcast. Presented by Andrew Allen. Produced by Michelle Donkin. Music is Chapstick by Everett Armand. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and our website is castironbrighton.com. Subscribe to us and rate us on SoundCloud, iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening.